You are now listening to Tough Gages Podcast. Welcome back to the Talk Your Jits podcast. This podcast is, as the name implies, all about jiu-jitsu. I'm your host, Lamar Smith, and today's guest is a blue belt who trains in 10th, <clears throat> excuse me, 10th Planet Dallas, located in Dallas, Texas. Ladies and gentlemen, Drew Welty. Hi. Hello, sir. How you doing? Pretty good, man. How are you doing this morning? Uh, doing good. Excited to talk to you. This is uh, it's not something I've done before about jujitsu, so it'll be interesting. Cool, cool, man. First and foremost, man, I would like to you know extend my thanks for you to uh, take some time out and doing this episode with me today. Greatly appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's always good to support um, the community and stuff like that. I think it's a really cool thing. The more that people talk about jujitsu, the more people that do it. So it's it's good for everybody if we do this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, man, without further ado, man, if you want to formally introduce yourself again, by all means, and let's hear your jujitsu journey. Sure. Yeah. So uh, like you said, my name is Drew. Um, my my journey is a, kind of a up and down one with jujitsu. Um, I think it really starts with me being a pretty young kid uh, and really being one of those kids that really likes roughhousing and wrestling and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. I've... I've always been a rather large guy, even when I was young. And so I think my parents were always very hesitant to allow me to be doing that kind of roughhousing. And so I think I always had this energy of like wanting to have some sort of physical sport, some sort of contact sport that was resisted for a long time because I was a large kid. And there was like a worry that I was going to hurt people and stuff. So uh, for a long time, I never did any contact sports. And eventually I'm allowed to do flag football and then eventually I'm allowed to do football. And I gradually decide more and more that I'm not a very fast person. And so in any sport that is purely focused on running or there's like a lot of running involved, it's just always, I'm always going to be at a disadvantage, but I always was really into contact. And so I ended up breaking my leg one year when I was a freshman in uh, in high school in between the summer of uh, freshman and sophomore year. And so that sort of threw me out of football for my high school career. And so when I restarted, I decided to, I wanted to do MMA. My parents wouldn't let me do that. And so I ended up doing wrestling in high school. Mm-hmm. And so for three years I wrestled, uh, learned how much of uh, a hell that combat sports and wrestling can be. <laughs> and uh, so I sort of developed a love hate relationship with it. And mm-hmm. then after after that, went to college, no no sports or anything like that. And then I had a cousin reach out to me later in life uh, and ask me, he's like, you were a wrestler, right? He's like, yeah. And he's like, okay, well, do you want to try to join and do some jujitsu? I think you'd be really good at it. you got wrestling experience. You've got some experience fooling around with some submissions with friends, just stringing each other for, for fun and stuff. And they're like, yeah, sure. And so Went did a trial class at 10th Planet. At the time, it was called 10th Planet North Dallas, not just 10th Planet Dallas. And mm-hmm. I went and did a trial class there and got the crap strangled out of me by a purple belt, <laughs> 100 pounds lighter than me. And I was like, okay, so I'm pretty much hooked on this. It, the moment that nailed it in the coffin for me was he took my back and I went to defend my neck because intuitively I knew that it's not good if someone gets their arm around my neck and he 
trapped my arm with his leg, which is very mm -hmm. common move these days. But at the time, I had never seen anything like that before. And he strangled me. And I asked him about it afterwards. Like, you were doing that to prevent me from protecting my neck, right? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, okay, so I'm, I'm signing up for this tomorrow because that's like the coolest thing I've ever seen. So as, as soon as I went, I, I mean, I had a sore trachea for a week, but I had to go back. I just, I just fell in love with it immediately. And, yeah, man. Yeah. And so I've been training uh, at 10th Point at Dallas for two and a half years now. Uh, I, I think mm -hmm. I got my blue belt in about eight months. Um, I was okay. Like, I was hitting it really, really hard my first year because I was in grad school and I had the time to be there a lot and um, just really got invested in it. And with my previous wrestling experience, I just I pretty much throttled my first tournament in the white belt section. And so I ended up getting promoted pretty quickly and I've just been sitting pretty bit blue belt for a while now. So it's been good. It's been a fantastic experience. That's cool, man. That's cool. Mm -hmm. So how has it been like, I guess, uh, with the with training like if you know from wrestling to jujitsu so I, um, I, I usually don't get to ask wrestlers this question like you know yeah. how has that that pace the change of pace has been um it's very so it's very different in some ways um obviously there's a lot of carryover in terms of just i don't know if it's sort of like movement iq or something like that you just sort of have mm -hmm. an intuitive understanding of scrambles a little bit more than like your average person um, mm -hmm. when I first started, um, in wrestling, I, I believe I did folk style wrestling in high school, which basically means you being on your back is essentially you've lost the match, right. um, which means t turning onto your stomach is actually the safe play when you hit the floor. Um, and so when I first started, I had to unlearn turning onto my stomach because there was a period of time for the first couple of weeks where every time I would make it to the floor, I would immediately give up my back and get strangled. So, mm -hmm. and me, so intuitively, a lot of my instincts were wrong for the first couple of weeks. You learn pretty quickly not to do that because it hurts really bad getting the crap strangled out of you all the time. But um, so there's that for sure. Um, also, the pacing is for sure different. Um, I also learned pretty quickly that I had to be careful with people. Um, one of my first experiences in jujitsu in the first couple of weeks was um, everybody knew I was a wrestler. So nobody stood up with me. And then I would end up in a situation where every now and then someone would stand up with me. And I'm like, okay, well, we're going to wrestle. And there was a time where <clears throat> I uh, hip tossed this guy really bad and cracked him on the floor hard. And I was like, okay, so that, that was out of line and I can't do that in here. Cause it's like you're wrestling with people who just don't know how to defend themselves and you can, mm -hmm. you can hurt people. And I, I'm a big dude. I'm like six, five, 300 pounds. And so I am you're giant. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a really big guy. So it's, you have to, you sort of have to develop a different understanding because in a wrestling gym, they just don't care if you're rough with people, but if you're in a, like a club setting where people are paying to be there and they're just, uh, some of them are hobbyists and stuff like that. You have to learn to be careful with your intensity because yeah. you can really throw people a lot harder than you ever would in a wrestling gym because in a wrestling gym, they know how to prevent from themselves from having that happen. So I think the intensity, you just have to really match with the person with your at. Cause if you, if you go in the gym with the wrestling intensity against people that are just there to kind of have fun, go to get a workout, you're going to get kicked out of the gym. If you, if you do it too much. Um, yeah, I would also say though, um, one of the things I learned in wrestling was that 
for me, the best thing that I could do for myself was to just pick a couple techniques that are really, really solid fundamental techniques. And for me and, and wrestling, that was just like working really, really hard on a power half sequence to pin people rather than doing fancy stuff. And so mm-hmm. intuitively, I knew when I went to jujitsu, my strategy is going to be I'm going to pick a couple really solid fundamental things and just work on those rather than try to do fancy, silly sweeps and like asylum guard and all, all just like all sorts of stuff. Like that's all fine and good and it's fun, but I wanted to get good fast. And I knew that to do that, I needed to work on fundamentals. And so I had like mm-hmm. some some weaknesses and some some good insight on how to start, too. So it's it's good going into in jujitsu as a wrestler. Um, I think the biggest thing is just knowing how to stand up in your first tournament when no one else has to do that. But it's, uh, mm-hmm. it's good. I liked having the wrestling experience going up. Yeah. And I, um, I think that's something that um, a lot of people should take in consideration as, you know, as wrestlers, when they come into jujitsu, because, you know, yeah, like you said, you know, you have to match that intensity because yeah. if you know the difference between like you know wrestling school or you know a jujitsu school, if you're at a wrestling school, you're usually there for the intensity and for you know to wrestle. You know, yeah. it's not like you're going to run into like a a few people that's going to be hobbyist in in that type you of know. you know in that type of sport. It's very very rare. Yeah. So it, with jujitsu, you get a plethora of everybody. Like you said, you get the hobbyists, you get the competitors, you get this, you get that, you get this, and you don't. And if you don't know, then like you know, your instinct is to go like a, the arms up. I'm going to shoot this double leg, or I'm going to shoot yeah, to the back, yeah. and you know, do mm-hmm. you know, or hit him with a fireman's carry. So like you don't think about that stuff in the moment until it's like you hear that thud. It's like, oh, I didn't mean yeah. to do that. <laughs> it's, it's especially bad for me because. Uh, all most of because i was a heavyweight in wrestling i didn't mm-hmm. i was never a crazy fast guy and so i was never shooting for people's legs or going underneath them to try to do stuff i was up, primarily upper body takedowns which means like a lot of throws and stuff and so um you just have to be careful with throws against people that have never been thrown before um people yeah. can hurt themselves doing that so um in competition i do that all the time but i'm be, i try to be really careful with my my teammates um it is a good thing because in jujitsu there's a, a different risk associated with shooting for the legs than in wrestling because in wrestling yeah. it's sprawled on and jujitsu you get your neck taken and guillotine through the roof but um but yeah you're right you have to match intensity and so that's something that i learned very quickly is because I, I didn't want to develop a reputation for being a jerk in the gym because i'm already too big for most people to want to roll with and so if i'm not a good role and i'm too rough with people that i don't i don't get to get better so i had to right. to be really restrained in a lot of my roles and i've i've learned how to do that these days so it's it's good it helps a lot yeah that's that's awesome that's mm-hmm. that's awesome and you know going back to what you were saying about like you know um uh people don't know how to protect themselves when they're you know they're getting thrown one thing that um we've We've done when I first started training, but we kind of like slacked off a little bit because um, at one point we had just a lot of just upper belts, yeah, um, a lot of like blues and purples and browns or whatever. But now we're predominantly white belts now. It's a lot of yeah. white belts. It's just me and one other guy who's a pur- uh, brown belt. We have a purple belt. I think two blue belts, and I think the rest is like white belts. Yeah. So we're so used to being like, okay, everyone's a blue belt. We know what we're going to do. Let's just go. 
and we have to go. I'm like, okay, now we have to slow down now because we have to go back to like the break falls and you know getting used yeah. to. And they're like, what's the what's, what's the side control? And you're like, oh crap, we need to, <laughs> we need to. Right. So it's like, yeah. yeah, you know, we're getting people coming in and they're like, you know, wanting to roll and we're like calling out stuff and they like, I don't know what I'm doing. We like, ah, yeah, yeah we have to go yeah. back to the basics. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's a good sign of health when a gym has a lot of white belts. It's just, yeah. I feel like it's just good for a gym to have a lot of new people learning and stuff like that. And even if they're not the same white belts over time, I feel like that's the life of the gym is the the people learning at the bottom. And it sharpens everybody else because everybody else is teaching and helping them while they're drilling. And like, no, this goes here, that goes there. And so it makes everybody better when you've got a lot of new guys and teaching the material and stuff. It's it's really important, I think. Yeah. And what I what I like about what you just said about you know everyone's teaching, um, I just I was having a conversation with uh, my wife. She trains, and she you know we were like talking about like how she's like you know you just you know you look natural when you're teaching people. You know you you know when someone asks you a question, you're like you know you're like you're on it. And I was like I, I was like ironically everyone does it. We just do it in our own way. Like when you're sitting there, you're helping a white, you know, a lower ranked person adjust themselves or, you know, fix their posture. That's still teaching them. Yeah. And it's good. Like you, you know, when you walking around the room and you're just hearing everybody like, you know, helping everybody and, you know, fix like, you know, fixing techniques and fixing this and fixing that. I'm like, everyone's a teacher in some magnitude, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, even if it's, even if it's as simple as like, I am a blue belt and I'm, I'm with the new guy and we're drilling and I'm able to comprehend the the flow that our coach just showed better. And so I can remember it. And then we're mm -hmm. training and I'm like, no, remember this is the part we're at and just reminding them that so they can keep track of things. I'm still helping them a lot because they're actually, yeah. if they were with another white belt, they may miss an entire important part of what's going on. And so, yeah, people, people put too much emphasis, I think on like, you should never give advice or teach below whatever belt and I, I feel like that's a mistake you know like as yeah. long as we're approaching it in a humble attitude like i'm a blue belt explaining what i think about this and i'm not the same as coach telling you this i think it's important for the development of everybody that everybody's trying to do that teaching makes you way better by trying to do yeah. that as long as you've got good information and you're not being arrogant and stupid so it's an important right. thing for the gym <clears throat> and i and i love that i love that dynamic because i am a I'm a pretty honest person. Yeah. Um, I've been teaching since I've, I've been, you know, teaching since teaching since I was a blue belt. And I'll admit when I can't do stuff. Yeah. Like if someone come to me and be like, hey, you know, I've been work trying to work this XYZ, I would be like, look, I have no idea. <laughs> like, you know, right. I, I'm like, you know, you can show me what you what you do know. We can try to break it down. But like just say, for example, if there's a certain type of takedown. I'm like, oh, I don't know that, hey, Drew, you know, yeah, come help them, blah, blah, blah. I don't mind being a, a, the, the uh, student to a lower belt. Yeah, for sure. Because I mean, it's a different, you know, it's a, diff it's a different perspective than what I have. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, and it's just, it just makes sense to do that, right? Like we all have our different areas of passion. And so um, if, if I'm in class and someone comes up to me ask afterwards, they're not going to ask me the rubber guard questions, right? Like no. that's just not my game. Like they might ask me about arm triangles because right? I could talk about that all day, but they're going to ask somebody who actually rocks rubber guard to, 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 for the questions about rubber guard. And 
that just makes sense for everybody. Even if I'm better than the guy that does rubber guard, he knows rubber guard better. So like, why would we right. do this silly thing? Even if I'm a higher belt than that guy, it doesn't even make sense. Like it's, if you have something you're passionate about, you're studying it more. So you're going to know all the pathways. You're actually running it. You know that their arm needs to go this way. If their posture gets down this way, you've got this opening. It's it's just a matter of specialization in like everyday life. Like, I mean, it makes more sense for us to specialize in things and then take from each other as specializing. And that's, that's why we have different jobs in real life and not everybody farms their own food and does all that these days. Because then like we're all bad at everything instead of good at one thing. So it's just works the same way in the gym. You know, it's, it's just one of the many correlates mm -hmm. for the gym and life. So. Yeah. And I, I, and I love that about jujitsu. Definitely love mm -hmm. that about jujitsu. Cause, um, cause like right now, um, I have, we, we haven't started just yet, but I had the, um, I got offered a position to teach at another, another school. Okay. So this would be like from the ground up. Mm -hmm. So, I'm like, this is about to be wild. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm used to teaching, you know, friends yeah. and, you know, people who, who's, who's been around for a minute. Mm -hmm. These are going to be like just fresh new bodies and eyes. I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> so, so much potential, though, you know, like because if yeah. you're building something from the ground up, I mean, you could build a whole curriculum and get people started off. And that's just so awesome to be able to do that. It's uh you can really see the growth of people over time. I, one of the coolest things that I ever see in, in jujitsu is just the growth of people. Like, I mean, there are people yeah. in the gym because I've been there long enough that like, I know I was there on their first day and they couldn't move. And now they mm -hmm. are like scary on the mat. And it's like, it's just yeah. so cool to see that. It's just amazing. I was rolling with a guy the other day that I started with and or I, I was there probably a year and a half before he was, and he was giving me a hard, hard role. And I just wasn't expecting it out of him. And I, I was telling him afterwards, I was like, man, you feel amazing. Like you, you're scary now. Like you used to be like a yeah. fish and you were just a killer. Now <laughs> it's just crazy. It's amazing how much a beginner can change in a, a really short amount of time if they're just showing up the class and they're digesting everything. So it, it's really cool. That's one of the coolest things that white belt period of like zero days to a year is just insane growth. And so it's, it's really cool to yeah. see and build that from the start. Yeah. We, um, cause one of our more recent white belts, uh, his name is Zach young guy. I think he's like 17. Um, like when he came in, he was, you know, everyone comes in quiet. Everyone comes in like, you know, shy, mm -hmm. but man, it was just like, we blinked and, this dude is, uh, he's a beast. Like he's getting so much, he's getting better really, really quick. I mean, that's, you know, given because he's, there's so many upper belts around him, but yeah. just as, like you said, just to see that person's growth, like you see, you'll notice someone else's progression faster than you notice your own. Yeah. So, you know, cause me and him was rolling, um, Thursday and I'm starting, I was starting to realize like, I'm not slacking on this guy no more. Yeah. Like I can't play around with him anymore. Like, yeah, there's some stuff that he still needs to learn to understand, but you know, he's going for like twisters and all this <laughs> other stuff. But I'm like, whoa, you gotta chill, bro. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you dare try to put me in a twister, but oh man, yeah, no. that's but that's yeah. the the best moment ever when you're rolling with mm -hmm. somebody that 
in the past you're kind of pl- you can kind of play around with you're giving them a good look but you're not you're not killing them or going after them and then you're doing that same thing with them and then they're like i'm gonna try to hit you with the the backwards magician and you're like whoa whoa whoa, whoa. like this is not the kind of role you think it is brother and now you're actually trying right. to not <laughs> get submitted by some goofy <laughs> shit <laughs> Cause like I, I'm trying to remember how he how he even no so he um so I I had him I had his back he got out he was in my guard and he was going for a guard pass and I guess the way I turned he swooped out the back you know got my back and I'm and I'm like okay so we just I'm just gonna you know play around and see what he does yeah and I'm and I'm when I noticed his body started to shift a certain type of way I was like oh he's trying to set up a body triangle I mean he's trying to set the body triangle and then he shifted again and he like you know he got my leg and I was like are you going for a twister <laughs> oh no we know sir <laughs> like no good try <laughs> yeah yeah man no that's a that's a quick way to get attacked <laughs> i was like okay now we gotta i was like now we gotta now we gotta turn it up i'm not letting this happen not today not happening <laughs> yeah man but it's it's very cool to see that man like uh just like i said just uh, people's progression from how they're how they handle techniques how they learn how they evolve as a person and as a whole yeah you know because Right. You know, like I said, when he when they you know, when people walk in, they're just another person off the street. You know, you walk up, you shake the hand, you introduce yourself, blah, blah, blah. Next thing you know, they're like family. Mm-hmm. He's like a little he's like a little brother now. Yeah. Comes in, you know, we talk, we get picked on, we roll and, you know, we go on about our day. Yeah. So. I, th- I think it's one of the coolest parts about jujitsu is that there's so much more to it than just the jujitsu, like it's really an amazing community. Like it's not often that you get to have like exercise and then like growth over time, community, uh, sort of a competitive outlet. You get all these like amazing things in sort of a one-stop shop. Um, one of the coolest things about 10th planet that I just love is that all the gyms are connected. Like if you, if, if I'm, because I'm a member in Dallas, if I'm in Atlanta with family, I can drop in at the Atlanta gym with the 10 planet guys there. And I don't, there's no drop in fee or anything like that. You're just another 10th planet dude there. And it's, it's this like worldwide community of like just really supportive people. They're all, all part of the same community. We had a, we had a guy at our gym who's from Australia the other day and just came in, like, was just like happy to see 10th planet Dallas and see what it was like. It's just so cool to have the community be so supportive and even, even outside the gym, we just recently moved gyms and we had a gym that's just like met our coach a couple of times at some competitions. He was like, if your gym's down, your entire gym can come to my gym for free just to train. Um, Mm -hmm. Just because y'all, y'all are in between gyms and stuff. We want to support y'all. It's just amazing to see like the support and the love that the community has the vast majority of the time. It's not always the case, uh, but the vast majority of the time, it feels like it's just such a positive community of people. It's, it's so good to see, yeah, I I have been fortunate enough to not to run into any any bad apples when it comes to jujitsu. Like I've been yeah. very very fortunate. Um, everybody that I've I've talked to, um, it has been very very you know warm welcoming um, and whatnot. And I and I absolutely love it because 
Um, it's just been like, you know, recently I started trying to visit other gyms, you know, other jujitsu gyms. And I was having this conversation with my instructor when I, you know, first decided to do it. It's like, it's like you're going to talk to your parents about, you know, going on your first date <laughs> yeah. type deal. Yeah. So, you know, I put them to the side. I was like, um, so, um, I think I want to visit other schools. And he's like, okay. <laughs> but he, he, you know, he just gave me like the rundown of like, you know, what to watch out for, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Because you, you know, you, you know, like you hear about the, like the, the, the McDojos or like the, you know, the, the schools that don't want you to visit because they don't want you, you know, stealing their techniques or try to, you yeah. know, recruit students and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, I just want to roll with some bodies without having to pay 70, 80 bucks for a tournament. You know, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad yeah. to pay this, you know, 10, 15, $25 drop in fee, meet some new people, you know, gain some more family and learn jujitsu. Yeah. Yeah. So. I, I, I think, um, the only issue I think that some of our guys run into, like, so we're we're no gi exclusively, right? And so, right, we've got to we've got to find gyms that are both like cool with no gi and aren't like weird about it, but also we our gym doesn't have like submission restrictions. So, like, if you come in and day one we're learning about leg locks, you could be like day two, three white belt, and you're like learning heel hook entries and stuff like that. We don't mm-hmm. care. Like we're, as long as you're taking care of your teammates, like we'll tell you like, Hey, be careful. Um, and you need to tap early on this and you need to be mindful of not cranking on this cause you can hurt people, but we don't like treat people like, Oh, this is like some special thing. You have to be here for 12 months to do. And so, I mean, we had, we, we had one of our, our white belts drop in at a, a place and he electric chaired one of their black belts and he got furious <gasps> and like stomped off and like yelling at him for doing that as a white belt. And, and our white belt just had to leave because he like the coach basically kicked him out for electric chairing him. And I'm like, that's just embarrassing, man. Like, I like you're going to make yourself look goofy in front of your whole school because you got electric chaired by a white, but I don't, I don't know. It's just, it's just wild to me. So we have to be careful with the culture, the culture stuff, just because like we have a different culture. We're cool with everything. We like to learn from everything. And as long as you're taking care of everybody, like, I mean, they don't care. You can cover each other's mouths. You can smother people. You can you can do risk. Lock. They just don't care as long as you're yeah. it's safe. Um, and not every gym is like that. I mean, we have a, a black belt at our place that is in love with wrist locks he just has this passion for wrist locks because he's a goofy person and i don't like him yeah (laughs) he's a goofy person and he's got a wrist lock for all these weird situations and so half the time i tapped at this guy it's because i didn't realize that if i move my arm across his belly he has a this random wrist lock that he's done never before to me so but he, he he was trying to mess around with some guy that just dropped in at our gym and was wrist locking him and stuff like that. And the guy like lost his shit because it's apparently disrespectful at his gym if you get somebody attempting wrist locks on you. But that's just that's just on, right? So it's like yeah, it's just you gotta be careful with culture differences. But other than that, it's a good it's a good community and stuff. So uh, as, yeah, I, we try to be careful going into other people's gyms so that we don't piss them off and stuff. Yeah, that's and that's me to the end, dude. Like I would, you know, if I go visit another school, um, I would I think as soon as I get on the mats, you know, slap pump, introduce myself, and even before we get started, what's what's ailing you? What is you know, what's to look out for, what yeah. not to touch, blah blah blah. Because I don't want to come off as that person. 
Because like yeah. you said, not every school teaches wrist locks or heel hooks and stuff like that. Yeah. And I found that weird. Like, I found that very, very weird when I found that out as a white belt. Yeah. Like, they don't teach everybody everything. Like, mm-hmm. they feel like you should learn wrist or ankle uh, manipulation until, like, blue belt. Mm-hmm. But I'm sitting here teaching it to the kids' class. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. so. It's 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 this weird thing, too, because it, it's there's a lot of gyms that are catching on in this day and age. Like, okay, like leg locks are just a part of the game now. And if you're not doing that, you're just not teaching half of jujitsu these days. Um, mm-hmm. But it's weird. Cause like, it feels like, you know, even though the, a lot of the gyms have started to catch up, not everybody, but a lot of the tournament rule sets have not cut up. Like we, there's just a lot of tournaments that um, we have, we've had several people get DQ'd for, for reaping um, at places and stuff like that. Um, there's like weird rule sets where if if you are um, a particular belt level, if you're not like a brown or a black belt, if somebody forces your leg across their their hip and yeah. forces you into a reap, they'll DQ you, which is just yep. crazy. I mean, you're this crazy. Is like, this is like ancient dinosaur stuff that this is still allowed, right? So, I mean, we had we had a a teammate of mine recently who competed. Uh, I think it was like a submission hunter or something like that. He there, the, the rule set that was posted was no heel hooks, um, no slams, everything else legal. That was like essentially the language. And he got DQ'd for reaping in that tournament. And he was like, th- he had a guy who he had him in a leg lock and the guy intentionally pulled himself out of bounds to reset the, the thing to get out of the leg lock. Um and that's a, that's perfectly in the rules in this tournament. Apparently, you can just run out of bounds to try to get out of submissions, but then he gets what? into a, a reaping situation. He gets DQ'd. It's just like the the rule sets are really frustrating for com- competition because competition matters a lot for people that like are competitive people. And if it's the case that I can't use this half of my game um, in competition because I'm not a particular belt level or something like that, it actually incentivizes me to not study particular parts of jujitsu in the gym yeah. because I'm wasting yeah. my time for competition. And so in my opinion, like as long as competitions have rules like this, that prevent they're, they're incentivizing old jujitsu. They're, they're incentivizing mm-hmm. um, just antiquated ways of thinking about things because it's just a fact of the matter that if I'm getting ready for a tournament that doesn't allow leg locks, I am actually wasting my time studying heel hooks which sucks because that's part of jujitsu and i want to study that but i can't do that if i'm prepping for a tournament that's not like that so um i think we're moving towards our, our as a gym towards not supporting uh tournaments that are like that just because it just prevents us from doing good jujitsu uh because it incentivizes yeah. us not to study because i think i think grappling industries just updated their rule sets too mm. Um, they're a little bit more lenient on uh, like white belts doing sp- like specific um, ankle and wrist, uh, you know, ankle and wrist locks. I, I don't yeah. remember exactly what they changed. Yeah. But um, the last grappling industries um, we was at, one of our white belts competed for the first time, and a guy goes for. Did he go for a triangle? I want to say he went for the guy went for a triangle or something of the sort. Mm-hmm. And our white belt, Matt, he goes for a can opener. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he goes for the can opener and he switched it to like an Ezekiel. 
Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, 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 you know, you can't do that. And we're like, wait, what? Like, no, you can't pull on the head and punch down. Like, that's a neck crank. That's illegal, that white belt. Yeah. It's... And we're like, what? Yeah. Okay, whatever. So mm-hmm. I'm like, it's it's like you said, it's a part of jujitsu. You're, you know, you're especially like I said, as a competitor, you want to be all you want. You want to be well-rounded as much as possible. Yeah. You know, you don't want to go in thinking that um, I have limitations on what I can do because what some things that might be quote unquote banned fits your game. Yeah. So it's like now I got to learn something completely different than what I'm used to. Yeah, that that takes the the, the love out of it to me. Yeah, I had a so. I had a really tough match with a guy um, probably a month month and a half ago at a tournament, and he ended up taking me down. He was he had some good wrestling and. When you're underneath somebody in a heavyweight match and you're not allowed to reap and you're not allowed to do like a lot of the leg lock stuff, you've essentially turned it into a, a wrestling match with submissions because a huge portion of jujitsu just is illegal. I mean, there were there was times in that tournament where I was underneath him and I had to make the decision that I was gonna have to stop manipulating with his legs because I kept going up and habitually almost reaping. And I was like, I'm, I'm just going to get DQ'd if I do this. And so I, I just had to try to find another way and, and it didn't end up going my way and I ended up getting submitted. And it's just frustrating when I'm in a match and I have a tool that we're both clearly skilled enough to handle. This guy was clearly able to deal with like locks. He just, it just wasn't around in the rule set. So it's just, it's just a weird thing. It's like, like we're gonna play Monopoly, but you can't buy these this third of the properties. It's like why? Like like what? It's, like, it's just it's just messing with the game. Like like why are we doing this? This is goofy. So you can't buy Park Place. Exactly. It's like like let's play a different game then. Like why are we? Why are we doing right. This? Yeah. That's that's crazy, man. But like you said, it's you know it's slowly evolving, man. Slowly yeah. evolving, and um, I'm hoping that jujitsu continue to move in this right direction when it comes to these rule sets. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because of which, because you don't want to feel limited. You want to be able to do your best and know that I tried everything I know I could. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know? it feels, it feels bad to know that there was stuff left on the table that you could have tried to use that was not allowed. That, that sucks. Right. It doesn't, it doesn't feel um, as, is satisfying if you lose and it's like okay i threw everything at it and there's nothing i could do it's like okay then i just got some stuff to learn and i'll go work on this but there's all, all these questions of like what if this were allowed and would i have been able to do anything about it it's it's frustrating i've been in that situation a couple times in tournaments like that and it's it's annoying to me yeah no one no one wants to leave a match up to to chance yeah up to chance so. i also i also feel that uh this is sort of more complicated, but the, the, the whole points thing in jujitsu is uh, it's not something we train for in my gym. We're a submission only gym. And so, You're right. Yeah. And so points are always this weird thing that we have a, a strange relationship with because we value hunting for the submission, but submissions are inherently risky um, because you have to give up some position to go for your submission. And like, it's much mm-hmm. easier for me to sit and mount on top of you rather than step off for my arm triangle or go for my, my arm bar. So um, the incentivization of 
lazy jujitsu and non-submission based jujitsu because of the point system too, I think is, is something that, that worries me as well. Although that one I think is a little more complicated when we have a huge tournament and we're trying to make sure we have at least a, a final result and we don't have time for overtime rounds for everybody. So that's a little bit more complicated problem to solve because I think I'd still prefer points over a, a ref deciding the match, but I, I also dislike points very much. So, yeah. 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 Because, you know, yeah, like you said, like it, it, it takes to, it takes to, it takes to fight out of it. Cause if I know for a fact that I'm training every single day, you know, mm-hmm. sun up to sundown and you're just working on control. Yeah. And I lose to you because you've been transitioning all, you know, transition the whole five minute match. I'm like, man, you didn't even try to fight me. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a weird thing because it's and everybody that's like done jujitsu for a while, I think knows this, but a lot of our openings come from movement, right? So like mm-hmm. if someone is just trying to hold you inside control, very different than if they're trying to pass or they're trying to yeah. submit you or something like so a lot of the space that's created in jujitsu comes from opportunities for where they're trying to pass, where they're trying to submit. And so if the incentives are the case that you don't have to do those things, it's going to turn into like the most boring match ever. And we're going to sit in a position. I'm going to try to squirm out and you're going to try to hold me as tight as you can because you have no incentive to progress. The only thing that matters is you're three points up and there's two minutes left. Like, so um, I think without that, people are pressured to actually try to submit people. And so it creates more fun jujitsu for both the competitor and the and the spectator so i just yeah i wish there was a perfect world uh for for a rule set but um even and unfortunately even even no time limit submission only rule sets have huge problems too so it's i don't know what the yeah. perfect rule set would be ebi is pretty good but even that has problems with people stalling for overtime and stuff so i don't know maybe somebody will come up with the perfect rule set in the near future but it doesn't appear that we have one right now Nah, I mean, because I like while you were talking, I'm sitting here thinking like, okay, what could be done for this? I'm like, nah, that will just cause this to go this, you know, to yeah. do this. You're gonna, you're gonna be here another two hours, so yeah, let's yeah. not do that. So yeah. I, I think you know, John Donahue has a pretty good philosophy on it, which I think is that you, it, whatever rule set there is, it's never gonna overpower the incentives of wanting to win, and so you need a cultural shift where people culturally value submission more than winning by points and stuff like that. And if the culture is the case that, if it's the case like you and I roll, but this understanding of everybody is that I didn't actually beat you if I didn't submit you. If that's the attitude of the entire jujitsu community, people will chase submissions regardless of the rule set. And so mm-hmm. I think it's gonna take cultural and social shift rather than just rule set shift. It's, 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 you gotta create a culture where people value it or it's just, they're just gonna try to chase the win. Yeah, yeah. And I and that's the only way I know how to do jujitsu is, you know, go for the kill. Yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna yeah. <laughs> like I'm not gonna sit here and stall, you know, stall out. You know, I'm not gonna sit here and try to, you know, keep switching from position to position. Like, no, once I get into jujitsu mode, I'm going to use jujitsu. Yeah, I'm going to go for my submissions. I'm going to go for whatever I can to to kill you in, in, yeah. in, in the you know lack of better words, but. Yeah. That's my goal. I'm not gonna just ah, I wanna hold you and I'm gonna move, and I'm gonna hold you, then I'm gonna move. Like, no, yeah. get off of me. I don't yeah. like to play like that. <laughs> it's fun, you know. Even when I was a wrestler, I didn't do that. I I 
always over everything. I, I when I was a wrestler, all of my m matches were won by pin. I, I never won by points. Uh, number one, because I don't want to, I don't want to wrestle with you for as the entire match and wait for the time to run out for points. So I just want to pin you and get it over with. But I also like the <laughs> finality. I like the finality of it, right? Like the to me i haven't won I, I know this this is very not a wrestling attitude but for me i never fe felt like it was a win if i didn't pin somebody to the floor like i controlled you and i pinned you and you couldn't get out of it like that's mm. that was always the peak of wrestling to me and i think that that's always going to be the peak of jujitsu for me like i i winning by points is just lame so if there's not the finality of the submission to me it's not really like truly a finished match but yeah, this is it. Yeah. This is how it is. Yeah, I want to if 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 we go into like you know to the time end, I want it to be a fight to the end. Yeah, just a not just like a oh path. a minute left. I'm just gonna hold. You're right. You're right. I want to just you know scratch and just you know bruises and you know bust the lip. I want to go to war. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's the way to do it. That's the way to do it. You, you'll be tired afterwards, but you know I, I've lost matches to dudes much smaller than me like that, where mm -hmm. they're like bloodbaths the whole time. Um, but they're fun matches, you know, it's fine. Um, yeah, it's, it's just the way it goes. So it, it, they're at least fun matches that I can look back on. Because that's how we roll as roll as uh, at our school, man. We, you know, we go, we don't try to kill each other, but like if we roll in with clocks, we're going to go, we're yeah. going to go, we're mm -hmm. going to push that pace. We're going to try to do the best we can and fight it to the end, man. We ain't, we're not about to stall for time because we will restart. I'm like, no, we ain't doing this. Yeah. Yeah, in, in the gym that keep just, moving or we restarted. Yeah, in the gym that just that just does that kind of hurts everybody a little bit. Um, the only exception is sometimes like it's nice to have somebody bigger than you really just try to hold you down so you can work some of your escape game. But mm -hmm. um, that's that's just like I don't know if if someone just holds you down and you never get any good looks at anything else, it's it's kind of frustrating. But you know, just got to take what you can get, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. I guess, yeah. So, um, so how, so how often do you, uh, you compete? Um, that depends. So, with my with my current work and stuff like that, it's been a challenge to. I've been trying to balance everything. So, when I was in grad school, um, getting my master's and stuff, I had a lot more time, and so I would compete. I'd probably compete like two, three times a year. Um, when I was doing that right now, I'm kind of, I think this past year, I probably competed two or three times as well. So I, I'd mm -hmm. probably say every three, four months, I get the itch for it. Um, I'm often disappointed by the number of competitors that are in my brackets. Um, yeah. so I, I prefer to have larger brackets and we've been disappointed continually by rule sets and stuff. So, um, I'm trying to be more selective about the tournaments that I go to. Um, cause I want to make sure that the tournaments are worth the money and the experience. Um, cause right. often tournaments don't have many competitors or the rule sets are weird or something like that. So we're trying to pick a couple formats that are good. And then I'll probably consistently go to those. Um, I really like, I think, I think, I think Naga is probably my favorite right now out of those rule mm -hmm. sets. Um, if I, if I were to pick a favorite, it'd probably actually just be like, um, uh, 10th point at Austin does a format for, uh thursday night jujitsu's which is basically just ebi um no mm -hmm. time it's just it's like a time limit all submissions legal and if there's no submission then it's ebi over time and that i think that's what i prefer so um 
so I'll probably compete at one of those at some point when I can get off work and stuff. So, um, so yeah, I, I'm going to compete probably somewhere between three and four times a year is my, my goal. I think I like to see growth in between tournaments. I don't like to just hit tournaments every other week. I, right. I like to make sure that like I lost for this reason. So I'm going to work on that over the next four months and then see if I can hold up against resistance in a tournament setting with those new skills and then get a couple more months to do the same thing. So that's kind of the way I approach competition right now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not that avid um, of a competitor. I would like to be, but like, you know, like you said, um, I, I love the experience. I want to be able to, you know, go out there, win or lose, figure out what, what need to be fixed and work on that until the next tournament. Yeah. I also think it's just good. Um, good psychologically you know like i um uh i think it's important to do uncomfortable things and uh, jujitsu is an uncomfortable thing but we get sort of comfortable with the discomfort and i think that putting ourselves out there in a tournament setting puts us in the discomfort again and i think it that should be encouraged um even if it's just every now and then uh just i think it makes you a better person having to cope with the nerves and the 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 intensity of competition, uh, you don't really capture. There's like a lot of lessons to be learned from combat sports and you don't mm-hmm. capture some of those lessons in the gym with your friends. Like you, mm-hmm. you capture those really well when you are going into competition and you have a really hard match that you are really wanting to win and you push through and you end up winning it. Or you have a match where you go out and someone absolutely makes you look like a child and ragdolls you. Mm -hmm. It makes you really understand where you sit in the food chain. And I think that it's pretty important as a, as a human being to learn those lessons Um, that carries outside of jujitsu and stuff. And it's, it's easy to get arrogant, you know, like being a part of like a combat sport and, messing up beginners all the time and stuff. So it's, it's always a good reminder that you were never and will never be the biggest fish. And it's important to, to remember that. Yeah. And I feel the same way about, you know, on top of uh, tournaments, cross training, you know, yeah, going to a different school. I mean, it's just like a tournament. It's more, um, you know, easier on the pockets mm-hmm. than, you know, going to a tournament because yeah, you're, sure. you're there, you know, you're going to roll with people. You're not waiting around for like four or five hours for your match to start. <laughs> so. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, like you, I, like I go to um, one of uh, my, a friend of mine's school and they're in a, a heavy competition class. Yeah. And, you know, I'm having issues with some of their white belts, mm-hmm. not technique wise, but just being able to keep up with the pace. Because, mm-hmm. you know, they'll do, you know, five or six, six minute rounds and they still can go another 10 where over here where I'm usually at, we go a couple, couple minute rounds. It's like, yeah, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> like, Got to get used to that pace. But you know, yeah, like you said, it, it definitely shows you that you're not the biggest fish. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good thing. There's a, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of good psychological lessons to be learned from, from, from jujitsu and a lot of good, um, just a lot of good stuff. I also think that jujitsu is important for, I, I think jujitsu is great for stress relief. Number one. Yeah. Um, of course. like one of the, one of the things that's something that is, there's this whole wing of like people that are really focused on mindfulness these days. And 
mindfulness is essentially the practice of like being in the in the present moment and you anxiety and depression and all these things and uh play a lot into not being in the present moment there's a lot of mm-hmm. anxiety that comes from the potential of the future and these types of things and so one of the ways that people try to get out of those things is like through a practice called grounding techniques so, so some people will do things like take cold showers people are doing these these cold plunges these days and stuff like that um it's very difficult to be anxious like that when you're so cold you can't focus on anything and mm-hmm. i think one of the another way to do that is to have a person on top of you trying to strangle you it's very difficult to focus on the reports you have to do at work tomorrow when you're just in the middle of this thing you're trying to survive right so right. it's actually it's actually great um in combination with the exercise just for for pulling you back into the present moment i think it's really good it saved my butt in grad school when i was stressed out and just didn't have enough time for anything i still made time to go to the gym because that was kind of what kept me sane at the end of my, yeah. my masters <laughs> so yeah yeah man i man i if I couldn't agree more, man, because uh, this has been like a, you know, crazy, uh, you know, past couple months, man, uh, with some stuff that going on with, you know, school and personal life. And yeah. I just been in the gym every single day. Yeah. I kind of had to take a break because my wrist has been, uh, you know, messed with me a little bit. So I kind of like had to yeah. take a couple of days off. But I, I, I can't I'm, I'm so I can't sit still. Mm-hmm. So like I'll still I'll have my like, you know, brace on get the class, take it off real, real hard, throw it back on real quick. Like it's like my body's not going to know. <laughs> Dude, I, 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 I broke a wrist one time uh, before my, when I was, when I was rolling, I probably trained for six, seven months before I was going to mm-hmm. hit my first tournament up. And I broke my wrist the week before the tournament and I had to pull out of the oh. tournament. And um, you do not realize how much you use your wrist for stuff until you break one. Um, I, I eventually got back in the gym and <laughs> probably too soon because I'd be going out to post on somebody's knee or frame on somebody and my my wrist would like shoot in pain. I'm like, okay, so so there's probably a good two months in jujitsu where I just didn't use one of my hands <laughs> because I went back too fast and my wrist was hurt. It was not good, but it's fine yeah. now. But it it was uh it was rough breaking something and getting injured. That's something you don't think about like a, a lot of people think like oh like the hard part of like exercise as a habit is like getting to the gym um but when you really get into the good habit of going to jujitsu and then all of a sudden you're forced to stop for an injury it's one of the hardest things ever to try to like deal with not being in the gym like i'm not getting better right now i'm not doing though it's just that's hard to like have yeah. to not it, it's it's different when you have the option to go and the option to stay and be at home on the couch but when you're not allowed to go because of an injury that really sucks and that's hard to that sucks it yeah and like you said if like if you're if you feel able body to go and you don't go it eats at you so much yeah i'm like okay man i got another hand i don't need my left hand let me (laughs) let's just go to the gym bro (laughs) i'll I'll drill one arm rear naked right right i'll just i'll just work on my right side like don't worry about my left like uh (laughs) Because I had, um, I'm trying to remember when I injured my wrist, because I don't know. It was between an open mat class and just, I don't know, I must have moved it a weird way. Yeah. But like every so often, like my wrist will like kind of like start hurting or whatever. And it was just one day where I had no pain. 
It was like none at all. And I'm like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm moving, I'm flexing and everything. I'm like, everything is good. Get to class, we're re- uh, repping, and me and my wife is rolling, and she goes for, she goes for a cutter pass. And I guess somehow when I went to my side and I, you know, I tried to like brace, you know, try to um, catch her leg from coming up, she somehow switched her, like she switched her hips and my wrist rolled. Yeah. And everything was on fire. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> I was like, damn it. <laughs> so I had to play it off because she's like, you all right? I'm like, yeah. She's like, it's your wrist. I'm like, shut up. Let's go. <laughs> I'm fine. I'll be all right. <laughs> yeah, man. It, it's Injuries suck, but, you know, you got to take care of yourself so long-term you can be back in the gym and stuff. Um, yeah. 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 Yeah, like you know, we we joke about this because we're so used to with like the the body pains and everything hurting, but like yeah, recovery is just as important as training. So you know, don't you know, people who don't train, don't you know, don't listen to us. Don't take our word for you know for for what it is. Take care of your body. Take care of your yeah, body. Yeah, please, please do. And, <laughs> and the thing we say this to each other too. Like yeah, take the time off you need. We're checking on each other. Make when we get back in the gym, what's hurting still and stuff. I mean. I've had people come back to the gym after an injury and be like, I love you, Drew, but I'm not rolling with you until my, until my legs better. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I, got it, man. I understand. I get it. Yeah. I'm the biggest guy a, in the gym. I get it. <laughs> and we have a guy who's a purple belt, big guy, love him to death. But if he looks to me to roll, I'll check my body. Like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> not today, man. I'll move a joint. Like, mm, nope. Uh-uh, not today. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. But, Drew, man, we have a staple here at Talk Your Jits Podcast, man. We make sure we ask everyone this question when you come on the show. Um, past or present, uh, your top three people you would love to get to roll with. Oh, man. Um, well, so for the 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 biggest answer for me is obviously Gordon Ryan. So at this, this, so Gordon and I, um, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm just a blue belt guy from Texas. Right. But Mm -hmm. he's got a very similar game to what I like. Actually. I'm, I really, really like, uh, mount attacks and he actually does a lot of those. Um, and so, mountain back attacks and then and then some leg stuff as well so he it's actually interesting so the, the more i study the, his game the more in the more detail i actually match a lot with his style of heavy top pressure and then leg attacks from underneath and stuff and so i think it'd be really cool to kind of just train with the best possible version of myself which i think would be gordon like to train to basically what i could be if i were fully committed to this and stuff like that. I'm a bit bigger than him. Um, but, uh, I've seen him in person. He's gigantic. So it would be, it would be fun. That would be probably my favorite role ever, um, Mm -hmm. to try to do that. Um, and see what, like, what does the peak actually feel like? Like, what does it feel like to be rolling against the best person in the world? So I'd love to roll with him. Um, I would also like to roll with, um, uh, man, it'd be so interesting to go back into the past and roll with John Donaher when he was still rolling. That would be so interesting to see what he was like to roll with because he he hasn't rolled in a long time because of his uh, knee injuries and stuff like that. So it'd just be cool to roll with somebody like that who you can't even roll with these days. Yeah. And then I think I'd also like to roll with uh, with Nicky Rod. He'd be an interesting guy to yeah. roll with. 
Um, he, I'd just be so interested to roll with a guy who's kind of known for his athleticism um, and speed. And I just kind of like see what I could do against that and how much danger he would actually put me in submission wise. Um, a lot of his game recently that I've seen is very focused on overtime rounds and, and rear naked strangles in overtime. And so I'd just be curious how much danger he could put me in as somebody who's a bit bigger than him, just based off pure athleticism. So I think that that would be a really yeah. cool role as well. Um, yeah. And then maybe like an honorable mention would be Merrick Ali or something like that. He'd be an interesting guy to roll with. He's, he just got an Anoki. And so Nicholas Merrick Ali would be cool to roll with. So there, there's a lot of people, but I think those would be yeah. my, my ones that I'd roll with. So uh, Gordon Ryan, John Donahue from the past when he could still roll on Nicky Rod, I'd probably want to roll with them. That'd be fun. Yeah, I, I, because you know you can just look at you know people like Danaher and just from the wealth of wealth of knowledge that this guy has passed on to all these greats, you know, uh, jujitsu champ, uh, world champions, and yeah. people are still you know flooding to learn from him, mm-hmm. and it's like, man, I would love to see this guy in like action, like prime yeah. action, like yeah. Ugh. Man, the Danaher alter- with hair, <laughs> hair Danaher, alternate dimension right. Danaher with with knees that work. That would be right. that'd be a scary man. That would be, be very scary. scary. I, I, yeah, so that would be really interesting. There's something kind of interesting about the sage that can't even do the stuff himself. He could barely walk, and then he's still sitting back here with his cane and stroking his beard, like teaching the best people in the world. It's it's really interesting. It's very. Uh, movie-esque, I would say. Right. I mean, just to have that level of understanding where you can pass on the knowledge without, yeah. I guess you want to say, physically having to do so. You can just yeah. speak it and people are like, oh, all right, then boom. It's it's really interesting. Yeah, he's a, he's a character, man. He, he's one of the most interesting people, I think, that I've heard talk even yeah. outside of jiu <laughs> He's an oddie, but he's he's a he's an interesting person. Very very interesting. And, and it's and it's funny. Like I I I was telling my wife. I tell my wife about this all the time about Dan and her. Like when you hear him talk, that's how high his voice goes. He's just that one level. It's very very <laughs> monotone. Yeah. And the the funny thing about it is you can hear his voice over a crowd. Yeah. Yeah. You like, can. I think, <laughs> I think can. when he was uh when he had the match against Nikki uh with yeah, Nikki Rod and you like you know people are like screaming and blah 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 and you just hear Danaher's small faint voice work it, you know work it there work it yeah yeah there you go there you go uh, you know let him get it <laughs> you know, as we're talking about as we're talking about him um, I'm reminded of another person that would for sure be on my list which would be Big Dan um, do you know who Big Dan is one of Danaher's guys he yeah yeah yeah. He's terrifying, and I would like to roll with him just because I would like to. I don't get to roll a lot with people bigger than me, and he's actually taller than me. And so it'd be really interesting to roll with a guy that has got a distinct size advantage on me. I probably weigh a bit uh-huh. more than him, um, but I don't get that often. There's very few people that are bigger than me, and they're also super technical. So that would be mm-hmm. a really cool role for me to experience that because if you're 6'5 and as big as I am, you the, the only people – it's very rare to find somebody bigger than me. And it's very rare to find someone bigger than me. That is also very technical. And Dan is very technical. Yeah. So it'd be good to roll with him as well. Be good to roll yeah. And I, I, I like rolling with, you know, I'm starting to fall in love with rolling with like the bigger, stronger guys. I'm only five, 10. So yeah. 
anything over that is a giant. And you're talking about, yeah, I would love to roll with someone bigger and stronger than me. Like, dude, you you fighting mountains at this point. Like, <laughs> like, I don't know what to tell you, man. It's not that many. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> but yeah, man, I, I get that, man. It's like you want to feel like you want to feel that strength. You want to feel that power. And especially, like you said, if they're, if they're technical about it, there's nothing yeah. like there's nothing more beautiful than like a big graceful guy yeah yeah you know so. I, I, th- I think the main thing is that the only time i run into people my size and weight is at tournaments and that can't mm-hmm. be the first time i'm running into that level of resistance right i need more experience of that in an environment where i can train with it frequently and get used to it rather than just seeing it once every four months because that makes it really difficult to combat once i'm in a tournament setting right Right. Yeah, I get it. I definitely get it, man. I yeah, I get it. Well, Drew, man, unless you got any other questions for me, man, um, fire away. If not, man, I would love for you to shout out your school, whatever you got coming up, whatever you're doing that you want the world to know, man. The floor is all yours. Uh, Yeah. Um, Come by 10th Point at Dallas sometime. If if uh, if people want to drop in, say hi. I'm it'd be cool to see some people. Um. Uh, I'm, I'm also a therapist, so um, I always ask okay. people to make sure that they uh, are checking in on their mental health and stuff like that. And please, please reach out to somebody if you need help. You know, like um, one of the things I often see is people that have people that uh, want to help them, but they don't reach out. And then after a suicide attempt or something like that, they realize how much support they had. And it's it's good to just reach out for the support in the first place and make sure that you know that you're not alone. So reach out to somebody. If you don't have anybody there's always 988 which is the national suicide hotline if you need to talk to somebody just uh, make sure you're reaching out to people uh, there's a lot of people that want you to be here even if they don't know you so reach out and make sure that you're taking care of yourself definitely man i can't agree more man mental yeah. health is um unfortunately one of those things that's still not taken as serious as it needs to be yeah. um and you know as a person who's an advocate for mental health who suffers from suffer from you know that type like mental behavior mm-hmm. it's it's very very important to get that outlet if it's therapy if it's jujitsu if it's both yeah. you know yep. so yeah if you if you if you know somebody um re, like you know like you said reach out there's always someone out there to talk to and someone yep. out there who understands what you're going through yeah well, man, cool. that is it. I would love to thank Drew one more time for coming on the show and blessing us with his jujitsu knowledge. Hope you guys <laughs> enjoy. Um, please go and follow our Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube page to stay updated on all future episodes. This has been Talk Your Jits Podcast. Keep rolling, keep grinding, and remember, long live jujitsu. Have a great day. <laughs> all right, my brother. Thank you. Thank you, man. That was a fun conversation. It's good to good to chat. I'll have to send some people uh your way to check out your stuff this is a cool thing that you're doing i really appreciate you're doing this for the community it's really cool man man thank you so much